This podcast is intended for healthcare professionals. The information presented is for general educational purposes only and should not be used as professional medical advice or for the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions. The views and opinions expressed do not represent the views and opinions of our employer or any affiliated institution. Expressed opinions are based on scientific facts under certain conditions and subject to certain assumptions and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions or in any legal proceeding. Full terms and conditions can be found at portablebeads.com. And now onto the episode. Welcome back to Portable Beats, the pediatric board review podcast. We are continuing to learn about newborn medicine. Today I'm joined by Liz. So let's get started. Our question today reads, an infant was born weighing 1,250 grams at 30 weeks gestation due to premature rupture of membranes. Pregnancy complications included maternal cocaine use and intrauterine growth restriction. As feeds were introduced with donor breast milk, the infant appeared to have increased discomfort with feeds. The baby went on to develop necrotizing enterocolitis, also known as NEC, at 20 days of life. Which of the following is not a risk factor for the development of NEC? A. Preterm birth. B. Very low birth weight, defined as less than 1,500 grams. C. Intrauterine growth restriction. D. Maternal cocaine use. Or E. Feeding with donor breast milk. Take a second, think about it, and then we'll come back and discuss the answers. So the correct answer is E. Feeding with donor breast milk is not a risk factor for the development of neck. Before we get into the risk factors, let's learn a little bit more about neck. Infants presenting with poor feeding tolerance, increased gastric residuals, increasing abdominal distension, and bloody bowel movements are all kids who you should think of when you're concerned for neck. The pathognomonic finding on abdominal x-ray is pneumatosis intestinalis, which has been described as a bubbly appearance throughout the bowel. Pneumatosis intestinalis results from intramural gas generated from anaerobic bacteria becoming trapped in the submucosal layer of the bowel wall. Serial abdominal x-rays are the current gold standard to evaluate for disease progression. Treatment includes making the infant NPO, placing a gastric tube for decompression, empiric antibiotics, and providing nutrition via TPN. A surgical consult is also appropriate as approximately 30% of infants will progress to surgical disease. Now you may be wondering, what antibiotics should you start? Unfortunately, there are no consensus recommendations on empiric antibiotics. What experts do agree on is that coverage should be broad and should target gram-negative and anaerobic bacteria. Typically, empiric coverage should last somewhere between 7 to 14 days. A Cochrane systematic review completed in 2012 looked at various antibiotic regimens and concluded that there was insufficient evidence to recommend a particular antibiotic regimen for the treatment of neck. Most NICUs will have standard empiric antibiotics based on the provider preference and the local antibiogram. Complications include intestinal perforation, intestinal stricture formation, intestinal malabsorption, and short bowel syndrome, cholestatic liver disease, and neurodevelopmental delay. Now, Sammy, do you want to take us back to our question and the different answer choices? Absolutely. So thank you for that quick review. That was awesome. So feeding with breast milk, including donor breast milk, has been identified as the only consistent intervention for the prevention of neck. It's currently recommended that infants at risk for neck, specifically those born with very low birth weight and born premature, receive feeds with breast milk or donor breast milk if their mother's milk is not available. 
Additionally, if fortification is needed, human milk-derived fortifiers decrease the rate of neck, specifically neck that requires surgical treatment. Formula feeding is a known risk factor for the development of neck in both preterm and term infants. The biggest risk factors for the development of neck are prematurity and low birth weight. Most neck occurs in infants born less than 32 weeks gestational age, as seen in our patient who is 30 weeks gestational age, and neck affects 5-9% to of all very low birth weight infants. About 90% of neck cases occur in preterm infants. Some additional risk factors to keep in mind are the need for packed red blood cell transfusions, a patent ductus arteriosus, or another congenital heart disease, birth asphyxia or hypoxia, intrauterine growth restriction, polycythemia, chorioaminitis, premature rupture of membranes, maternal cocaine use, chromosomal abnormalities, sepsis, gastroschisis, hypothyroidism, maternal preeclampsia, and maternal gestational diabetes. The onset of neck is inversely related to gestational age, meaning the earlier the baby is born, the later the onset of neck. This is believed to be due to the fact that the timing of the onset of neck often correlates with the initiation or advancement of feeds. Typically, infants born near or at term are introduced to feed sooner than their preterm counterparts. Therefore, the onset of neck is typically seen at an earlier post-gestational age. Again, the biggest risk factors to keep in mind are really prematurity and low birth weight. Neck onset is usually associated with the initiation or advancement of feeds, so think about this any time either of these are changing. While formula feeding is a known risk factor for the development of neck, breast milk is protective. Wow, that was a lot. Well, thanks for joining us today. Send us an email at portablepeds at gmail.com and let us know about any topics that you would like to cover or any comments or suggestions you have on the podcast. We hope to see you guys next week. Bye!